Hey everyone, welcome to Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. And we're just here to hang out with you guys. Today we have no uh, no special guest on the docket. We're just going to uh, talk and share and have a joyous, wonderful old time. And what's really funny though is that uh, Jamie and I were just talking before and we were talking poetry. And then Jamie's like, oh my God, I, have, I'm a, I wanted to tell you about this poetry book I have. And she got excited, but then I also had a poem I wanted to read. And so we're going to do a poetry reading for the beginning of our podcast today. Woohoo! This is fun. <laughs> so Jamie, you go first. All right. So this is a poem by uh, R.H. Sin. I believe that's a pseudonym. And uh, the book is called Whiskey Words and a Shovel. And so I was grabbing the book to tell Corey all about, about it. And I opened up to a random page and I said, well, isn't this fitting? It's called Interlude for the Survivor. The pain means you're alive. The scars mean you've always survived. That's it. That's the whole it. thing. That's so good. Right? So, I'm actually adding this book to my Amazon wish list right now. Or my, yeah. my, I mean, I'm probably going to order it from a small local bookstore anyways, because we got to support them, but it's going to my list because that's where I keep my list. I love that. I know I do that too. Like for things that I need to buy or want to buy, I kind of just sit them in my cart so I don't forget about them. Um, but I love that this was, you know, you had this idea today because, you know, we've talked about, um, uh, for example, uh, what was the book? Uh, Healing... Uh, after loss grieving that, after loss was it something like that yeah I, I think it's healing after loss and it's it's little excerpts some of them are poems some of them are bible verses some of them are uh, just little passages from different texts but i think that finding you can find comfort in words and so comfort and art in general i mean that's absolutely absolutely um jamie and i are both music art we're both artsy people jamie has really cool art in her office or in her all her entire house um i work for an orchestra we both bond over music i think one of our first one of our first things besides grief was was sad boy emo music from the 2000s. yes <laughs> and and nickelodeon shows yes and nostalgia so um, I'm going to share a poem from actually a friend of mine who I met in the TikTok world. Um, her name is Natalie, and she wrote this book, uh, this poetry book called I Quiet the World. And um, it's really simple, but I'm going to share it. So um, no title to it. Um, share the soft fire you make in your chest with the shivering soul who can't light one now. Be their warmth tonight. They were yours before. You were once shivering too. Oh, wow beautiful yeah. yeah that was one of the ones first ones i heard her read um she used to do these uh poetry uh readings like on tiktok uh back in the day and um it's one of those that just stuck to me and i was thinking about just um what we're doing with this podcast and i, I don't want to sound conceited or or self-glorifying but um we've heard from people saying this is making an impact on our lives and that's really why we did this. I mean, Jamie and I get so much out of this podcast, every single conversation we have. But it's nice to know that that uh, that uh, reach and that power and that effectiveness and the um, inspiration kind of flows, not just it doesn't stop at us. It keeps going to you guys, too. So that's really important. Yeah, it's huge. We'd love to hear that. So thank you. 
Yeah, I um, how, how are you doing this week? How's 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 life? Oh, you know, it's up and down for sure, for sure. Um, I am still in the middle of trying to find myself a good full time position. Pardon me, there is a cat scratching behind me. Can you hear her? Not really. Okay, good. She's on a scratcher and not the carpet, so we'll we'll keep her. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know that's that's kind of the biggest thing at the to- on the top of my mind right now, um, and it is very much a, a still a grief process. I am feeling a lot of solace in um, the fact that I'm going to be in a good position soon. I did get some contract work, so I'm excited about that. And I've had some really good interviews, but I'm grappling with some other sides of it. Uh, the lack of support from people that I thought would support me and trying to figure out how to manage those expectations. And I think that's something that is worth talking about. And I would love to hear your opinion on it, Corey, because I don't know if you suffer from the same thing, but you know, for me, um, sometimes I set myself up for disappointment because I'm so giving and I have a hard time sometimes accepting or seeing the good things when I had a certain expectation and that expectation wasn't met. And so I kind I tend to get in a spiral of, well, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. And I'm like, okay, but what are they doing? And why am I feeling so abandoned? (laughs) Well, you know, that's a really good point. I was actually thinking about um, this conversation today and um, I wanted to have this, this episode recorded at some point, but yeah, it's the idea of grief of expectation. And that not only um, goes with, with the people in your life, um, but it also goes with circumstances in your life. I mean, we have this expectation of, of wanting to, to have the relationship we want, have the family we want, have the life we want, the job we want. We want to, we want this max happiness, um, you know, and, and it's as much as we want it and it is attainable. It's still, it's still conditional upon a lot of factors and um, we can't always control those factors. And I, I think about um, your situation with, you know, you want to have a job. You want to be able to be proud of yourself. You want to be able to, to make the money you need to live the way you want to. And then when that plan gets shaken or altered, then it, it kind of starts to crumble your, your self-perception. And then it also spirals into how you worry about people perceiving you and everything. It's, it's, it, can, it can very easily be, um, be a downfall. Yeah. Yeah. It's super complex uh, on so many levels. And, you know, thankfully, since this is my second time going through this, I am able, it it has not impacted my feelings of self-worth, thank God. Um, But it's more, it's, it's been, I'm I'm internalizing other people's behaviors. And I I don't know if it's because I have a little bit more free headspace (laughs) or what um but yeah it's 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 tough it's it's tough and i'm the kind of person that when you're hurting me i overcompensate 
So I'm exhausting myself, you know, to be completely honest. And I know that I'm doing it to myself and I'm trying to get better about it, but I just am not really certain how to, how to move forward with this stuff. Um, because I've, I've voiced it to one person in particular that's been kind of just MIA when I was very supportive for a very long time um, of their situation and their situation was a, a fraction of what I'm going through. And, and, but also I say that knowing that it's all relative, right? What's going on in your life is, is the most, you know, for, for you, it's the most significant thing that's, that's happening and it's happening to you. And if I don't think that it's a big deal, that doesn't matter. It's not, I'm not, that's not fair <laughs> because when it comes down to it, it's affecting you. So that is a big deal. Well, and I think by nature, we, I mean, we're capable of empathy and compassion, but I think um, for most, for a lot of our, our lives, we're, we're kind of programmed to think about ourselves, which is, um, I mean, that's just the way, like you think about a teenager, you know, from the time they're 14 to the time they're like 20, it's all about me, 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 and what, like how everything affects me. It's just their brain chemistry. And so um, that makes sense. (laughs) I mean, but you think about our lives now, we're, we're both in our thirties and we're adults and um, we know what we're capable of and we're, we're, we're expected to be a certain way to, but we're still human and we still got to process that. And we still have to, you know, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish for yourself. Um, I think sometimes we all need that. Um, We need reminders sometimes too, to be like, be selfish a little bit, do something for yourself. Um, but it's, I I don't, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think, I think your feelings are valid. Thank you. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is that I've, I've voiced how I felt because I noticed that sometimes people complain about other people, but then they're not willing to have that conversation with the person that is causing them this grief. (laughs) So I put on my big girl pants and said, okay, we need to have a conversation. I don't, feel like you're supporting me and it's just become just even worse than it was uh in a a way because they are contacting me but there's still no support it's a very half-assed kind of well I called you and you're not you haven't called me Hmm. but when she they call (laughs) um it's I'm so busy, blah, blah, blah. So it, it makes me feel even worse. Cause I'm like, well, I, first of all, I don't, I'm not asked how I'm doing. It's a, it's a one-sided conversation. And then if, if there is the question of how are you, I don't feel like I can even say how I'm doing because they've just dumped everything on me. And I'm like, oh, all right. They're going through a lot of stuff. <laughs> what's interesting is you say that and i was thinking about the first episode one of the first episodes and i i told my story and i talked about the conversation i had with my biological father in which i i considered that to be, be the ultimate like the 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 foundational crack of our relationship that has never been recovered um but uh you know i i 
I didn't really need somebody there. I, I just wanted, you know, t- to have someone who cared enough to say like, how are you? But I got the response of like, when I asked why haven't you called, it was because I have to let my dogs out. And that was like the thing that I heard that triggered me that, sh- that just shot me into anger mode. Um, yeah. And it's really hard to like, I mean, there's an expect, yeah, there's always this expectation of when things go wrong in our lives. We have like this, this deck of like this deck of cards, like saying, okay, the, so I'm going to play this card <laughs> right now. I'm going to play the, let's talk to my friends who are going to cheer me up. Let's talk to my boyfriend. Who's going to shower me with affections and bring me food. You know, let's, um, let's do the, the card of just zoning now. So I'm going to watch my favorite shows on Netflix and I'm going to order my favorite, you know, takeout or whatever. And, um, and sometimes our cards, we look at our cards and go, Oh wait, that, that, that wasn't a jacket or two, you know, what am I going to do with this too? <laughs> so it's definitely relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not going into my people pleasing mode uh, to get what I need. And that I think this is more of a case of letting it go and just accepting that person for who they are and how they're being right now. And if they come around, I give the effort back. And if they don't, then we we move forward uh, rather than my inclination of let's text this person and try to like, you know, like let's send memes and let's try to like keep them engaged so that they realize that we still exist. And I don't think that it's that they feel that I don't exist. I don't feel that way at all. I think as you were saying, sometimes we are so stuck in ourselves that we don't even realize how, what we're doing. Um, But that's why I had that conversation of, Hey, you're doing this, even though you may not notice you're doing this. Um, So yeah. Um, And some of my very good friends, speaking of the other cards that I really should be focusing on, um, I have been super supportive and, you know, putting things into perspective and being like, listen, you know, that's just how that person is. And if it's hurting you, try writing everything down and seeing if that helps with the spiraling thoughts and things like that. And I think it's really good advice and I, I haven't admittedly done it. So I think that's, you know, that's a part of the next steps as well. So when, when you go through a moment like that, like where there's a, a grief, I mean, are you one to automatically jump to the support network you have or you know or those things that you use to process or do you are you do you internalize first and kind of sit with it and then take it out into the world um I think it's a little bit of both Mm -hmm. I think that I I I try to get to the root of why I'm feeling a certain way towards someone or about someone before I immediately place blame or, or anything like that. Sure. Um, but then, yeah, it's, it's weird. And, And I also, I don't like to put it on other people either. And I'm like, I'm noticing that like, it's, it's really, really stressing me out. And I tried to, to, to navigate it the best way I could so that it wouldn't affect how I was with other people, but it's still affecting how I am with other people. And that it makes me disappointed in myself. 
what's funny is that's how you are but for me like my my sense of self-worth um and this is me the enneagram two uh coming out. <laughs> i'm i'm actually an enneagram two and a six like i temp like i tested equally on both sides so i'm kind of a little bit of a, a hybrid but for me like i'm the kind of person that if someone else is miserable and i'm miserable i will like push down my feelings and like overextend myself like to go like help you out Right. Well, I mean, and that's, that's exactly it is that like, I'm exhausted by these feelings, mm -hmm. but then they call me and they tell me all these things. And my inclination is to be like, you know, problem solver mode. How do I fix this for you? But the whole thing of it is that I can't fix it for them. They need to fix it for themselves. And, um, they're not going, they're not going to do that anytime soon. Well, you know, it's funny too. I think about this um, and, and as somebody who's married and has a spouse who they always say like, you know, when, when you when your spouse uh, comes to you, like your, my wife comes to me and she wants to vent, you know, I want to throw out solutions. That's what I'm doing. I'm like, a muscle, like, okay, how, like, who can we go hunt down? You know, what can we break? You know, what can we, who can we yell at? You know, do you want me to go like be the tough guy, even though I'm not a tough guy at all. But a lot of people are like, no, the thing is just listen. Like, are, are you the kind of person to just listen or are you like me? Like you want to react, you want to like fix it. I could do much better at listening for sure. And I, and I say that as a salesperson who the principle of sales to me is listening. Uh, but I still, when it comes to my friends, I still want to fix, 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 fix. And you're right. Sometimes people just need to let it out, but I think there needs to be reciprocation. And what's interesting is when I finally spoke up for myself and put some boundaries up, I was met with um, almost like, it was almost narcissistic behavior. It was really shocking for me to see um, <laughs> where um, they turned it around on me and it was, well, you said you were fine and Eric's there, so you know, I, I didn't think that I needed to check on you. And that was so painful. And I think maybe that's what it is, is that like, I finally stood up for myself. And then I was met with that. And that like, just crushed me. So <clears throat> um, just trying to, to kind of figure out maybe I'm seeing some like true colors <laughs> and no. it, it it's like heartbreaking and you know so um our one of our guests abby um she posted something today uh about wrath mm -hmm. and it and was this is, this is abby rosemarin who was one of our guests yes yes thank you yes episode five or six i don't even know anymore <laughs> she's there she's great and so um she, write, she writes, I was not wrathful. It just felt that way in comparison to being a doormat. Mm. And it was, I'm just going through all these emotions about the fact that like I did finally stand up for myself and I was treated even worse. And, you know, then I started to feel bad that I even said something. And I'm like, no, this is crazy. I have to be able to tell my friends when they're hurting me. 
they don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I need to be able to say, hey, that that upset me. It wasn't like I yelled or anything like that. Um, but yeah, she goes into a kind of a uh, little bit more depth about about wrath and the fact that when people like you and I, who are problem solvers, who are quick to help, quick to be by your side when when the other person needs you, and then we finally put up boundaries one time even that people are like, oh, you're a bitch or, you know, like mm-hmm. what a, what a crappy guy. And it's like, no, no, no. You're just not used to me saying this doesn't work for me because I've literally never said it to that person ever. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just, I think it's all very, very interesting. Um, but I am really trying hard because I, I'm now upset that I upset them. And I'm like, oh God, this is such a mess. <laughs> yeah, communication is always a, a really tricky thing to navigate to because like you said, you know, sometimes for so long you you act one way and then you make the change and all of a sudden you've changed for the worse. Um, and people can't always uh, understand that or fathom that even. And that's really, that's really the heart of it. I mean, like communication is just such a hard thing for us to grasp i don't even know why but like think about even on the positive side think about how hard it is to tell someone i mean like it's easier now that you're an adult but like when you were dating somebody in high school it wasn't like it wasn't like hey i like you you know do you want to go out with me it was like it's like i like having fun with you i like having fun with you too you know it's like it's, it's this <laughs> i'm game. still like that <laughs> i mean um but me like i'm the person now like i told my wife i when we were dating like we we had a really short uh dating engagement marriage well i think it was like within a year and a half um but i told her i i like one of the like when we started getting towards that direction i said like i said i feel like my heart is is like i feel like my heart's growing like starting to get attached to you you know and i I mean, that's kind of a cheesy, dumb way of saying it. it's not like saying I like you. I think she knew that, but I love but, it. It's deeper than that. But yeah, it's like, you know, it, it's this idea that like, we just, we can't say what we feel because we're, we're afraid of this vulnerability. And um, because it's like the idea of when you tell somebody you love them, someone you love, it's the idea you have to maybe unsay it or walk that back one day because you think about I think about my this is a, this is spiraling into relationships because that's kind of where I, I moisten my wheelhouse at. But, hey, no, it's, um, I, this is all I think going to be very relative. You you think about um, yeah, like how much like when you had that one person like your first boyfriend or girlfriend, you're like, oh my god, we're so in love, like we're like this is it, like like I don't need and like you get so excited. And then you realize like a month later, you're like, oh my God, I can't stand this person. And then you walk away and it's, 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 it's embarrassing to like realize like how strongly you felt for somebody because then you realize those feelings have, you know, stopped or they've changed. And then you have to walk back like this one great thing you, you know, you touted in your life, I'm in love. Then you're like, but I hate them now, or I don't like them or whatever, you know, or I can't be with them anymore. Right. Or it didn't work out. Yeah. I totally. Or even like roommates, you think about roommates, like, I mean, how many people have ever gotten fight with the rate about the dishes or <laughs> about, 
hey, like you borrowed my stuff or you did this or you did that. Like I had a roommate one time who literally was, she, she was making noodles on the stove. She, and my roommate came out of the bedroom in the middle of the night. And he was like, what's wrong? She goes, oh, I was just, I was sleeping by the stove while making noodles. She was drunk. She passed out. The water was boiled out. The noodles were on the pan. Like she almost set the place on fire. And we were, we didn't really, we're like, Hey, like, it's okay. <laughs> like, hey, like it happens. Like just, you know, well, just don't cook anymore when you're drunk. You know, like it was, it was one of those things of like, we just try to be so nice. But then what happens is we suppress those emotions. We suppress those emotions. And then it comes out of this big, like bombastic. And everyone's like, Whoa, like what happened? It's, no, it's because we just, we don't, we don't say what's on our minds for whatever reason, because we're scared of what they're going to say, or we're scared of causing stuff, but talking about things like even, I mean, let's be transparent. Like Jamie and I, when we started this podcast, I was asking Jamie questions all the time about things like, how should we do this? You're like, uh, like, just, you know, like, here's my, here's what I need. And we had to have a conversation of, okay, this is how Jamie operates. She needs to have a plan. She needs to have consistency in this way. I need to be able, so how can I accommodate, you know, how can I take what I, what I'm good at and mold myself into a way that works for the process? Yeah. Well, I think a, and our process is great now. Like we're, we're so in sync and everything, but I mean, like it was, it was an awkward first conversation to have. Like, I didn't want to offend you or like make you feel like I was a flake or anything. And I'm sure you felt the same way. Likewise. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's why this works so well, because we started this that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't, I don't have a problem, you know, telling you, Hey, like I need, I need a little time to do this, or I don't have the bandwidth to do this or whatever it is, or, Hey, can we change this? And I feel like I, you know, I hope that I've established this rapport with you where you feel that, you know, you could, you could be honest with me as well. And we don't really do that with friends <laughs> or, I mean, not that we're not friends. We're not friends. <laughs> we're not friends. Um, we're, but, we're, we're coworkers. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It, it's not something, if we had to do it because we are doing this together and we both have such a passion for this mm -hmm. and we want it to be successful. So we had to figure those things out. But a lot of times, you know, you fall into friendships because you work with somebody or um, you met them at your favorite bar or whatever it is. And you like them a lot and you, you give them that one, the first free pass because in the grand scheme of things, sometimes it really wasn't that big of a deal and you don't want to make it a big deal. But then the second time it happens and then the third time it happens, but now you're attached to this person. So you're like, Oh crap. Like, how do I bring this up now? Um, so yeah, totally, totally get well, that. Yeah. It's totally a fear of vulnerability. It's a fear of rejection too. It's a fear of, um, you know, someone's not going to like me if I'm needy in this way. I have a friend who is one of my best friends. I've known her for 15 years, never hung out with her in person. She was an online pen pal. We still talk to this day. And I mean, when we were younger, she knew she could wow. call me. She could call me at two in the morning when she was feeling down. I would get up out of dead sleep and sit and talk Aww. with her. Um, yeah, I mean, like we're still we're still great friends. I still talk to her like every other week. So um, but I mean it's it's you gotta kind of establish some comforts, I think. And I think it's it's hard to be vulnerable. It really is. It's hard to put yourself out there, but I think that the right people in your life 
will accept that vulnerability. It's like a relationship, like just like dating. Like you're scared about, you know, being one way, but honestly, wouldn't you rather be transparent and be vulnerable and be upfront and then have that person say, okay, I'm done before you, before you say, I love you, before you, you'd go to the, you commit to being in their wedding and paying three <laughs> grand for a dress or whatever. I don't know how much wedding dresses cost, but like before you commit to like being a part of their lives in a significant way, don't you want to be able to, um, you know, put that out there? I mean, like it's, it's, I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's been going on over here it's just it, it kind of revolves around in my head uh most of the day and so i think i'm going to try that trick of um writing things down maybe i'll write a poem why not maybe i'll write a poem about it i that that's kind of actually you've inspired me Corey. <laughs> so um tell me you don't even know it uh... <laughs> right <laughs> so tell me what's going on there um weather definitely weathering i'm not in texas right now so that's good news that's true <laughs> we are I mean, we are we are sending our well this it this is going to be way over by the time this airs but we are sending our prayers and thoughts to all of the folks that are without power right now mm-hmm. uh, without water we really um we feel for you and we hope you're okay we have three of our previous guests who are in texas right now yes I think i've of, been checking in on everybody <laughs> i think three yeah i mean think think of three right now um yeah no it's been good you know weather weather's decent it's cold but the weather's nice um i just felt really trapped lately and i i i think it's this idea of um me being a control freak and it's it's like what what can i control in my life and i'm trying not to project that onto my my family, because that's not fair to them. But you know, there are things in my my life that I can control. I can control, you know, my work, I can control what I cook for dinner. Um, you know, I like the other day, my wife was like, you know, he's out of the house. I'm like, where am I gonna go with everything? Closed? <laughs> she's, she's like, go power walk the mall. I'm like, no, because I want to buy something that's not healthy, you know. And so um, yeah, it's just this idea of trying to retain my happiness or find my happiness even for that matter because nobody in this world is responsible for how for for my happiness except for me and the reality is our lives even our lives like we don't we have control of our lives but we don't have control over the circumstances in our lives and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about earlier the idea of expectation but um so it's saying like you know why do i feel this way what what changes can i make that are significant and, you know, it's, there's always this um, idea of like, choose your hard, you know what I mean? Like, I, I saw this post on, on Instagram, and I, I'm not going to find it right now, because it's been so long, but it was like, <laughs> it was saying, you know, like, you know, choose, choose your hard, you know, choose to, you know, to, to work for, you know, a college degree, you know, and possibly incur student debt, you know, or, you know, work 40 hours a week, you know, to build your career, you know, it was, work at your marriage, you know, or pay for a divorce, you know, like choose your heart. Oh, so I, I think I me, love that. <laughs> like it, it's choosing my heart, you know, it's, it's saying, okay, now what things can I control in my life? What, what things can I, I change to make positive? You know, I have a, a exercise bike back there. We bought that just because I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling great. Like let's, you know, I don't like the way I look. I'm kind of a chubby guy. Everyone's always sees me from here up, but like, like this half of me looks relatively skinny, but you know, like the bottom half is kind of lumpy. 
<laughs> my, my bottom half too, my friend. But, but um, I mean, so you know, it's like the idea. Okay, I don't like how I look. I can, I can, you know, be unhealthy. I had my, I had my physical last week, and my doctor's like, cholesterol's too high. So now it's like, okay, like I'm gonna choose my hard, which is getting on the exercise bike every day for so long, or it's gonna, you know, go out to eat fast food less, or you know, cooking, you know, smaller portions of meat or, you know, making more, more veggies or eating more fruit, whatever the case may be. And so I'm trying to, you know, and that's a question, you know, like, is my job, do I love my job still? Yes, I do. So how can I make my job situation better? Well, I can ask for more work. I can offer, I can try to learn new things like um, not to give away too much, but I was on uh, Illustrator the other night on, on Adobe designing stickers for this podcast potentially so yes. not to give away too much but you know, <laughs> like there's things happening um you know mm -hmm. so i'm trying to like you know so i can create new opportunities for myself you sure know? and you're doing a great job of that and like i'm watching you as we're talking and your face lights up when you talk about these things and it's 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 exciting and it makes me excited you know, to be a part of that with you. And I think a lot of the choosing your hard is also that the hard gets less hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's, you got to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then usually the reward is, is worth it. Um, well, and, you know, and even too, like this kind of, I mean, this isn't manipulated to behavior, but my son, you know, we've, I've talked on, on here before about him, you know, with his behavior issues or him, you know, his lack of sleep or whatever. But sometimes I realize too, like, how, how can I fix that? Well, Corey, it's putting down your phone at dinner time and like hanging out with your kids, you know, I'm like, hey, let him sit on your lap if he wants to, or, you know, like making jokes and making silly faces at each other at dinner time and it's stuff like that, you know, and that makes his mood better and he's a little better to listen or hopefully, you know, it's, you know, it's making my wife's life easier by saying, Hey, I'll give him his bath tonight, you know, or, or, you know, he's crying upstairs. Okay. I'll go upstairs and I'll go check on him or I'll go cuddle with him before bedtime, you know, and it, it's, it's just trying to find, it's, just, it's, it's more of like a testing ground, just kind of poking different, different walls to see which ones are sturdy or which ones give away, give away. So, um, Ooh, good analogy. Yeah. It's, and then also too, it's like the, and, and I mean, to borrow from, I was just editing the, the Tessa episode, but uh, the spoon theory. Yes. I'm not, even though I'm not yes. a chronic illness person, it's, you know, it's, it's knowing when to, you know, it's, it's knowing that at five o'clock, my job is done or my, my job is done and my job's still going to be there tomorrow, you know? So do I need to really work till seven o'clock, eight o'clock, go down to my office at 11 and, at night to work a little bit just for a little bit extra tomorrow? It's like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's finding new ways to, or calm down or just remind myself things, you know, it's, it's coloring with my kid, you know, it's reading a poetry book, you know, it's putting on some records, it's watching a movie, it's giving myself permission to just exist and, and, and be there and, and reset my mind and not feel like I'm letting anybody down or, or letting myself down or um, it's, it's my little, my little escapes, you know? Yeah, yeah, I like that you bring up the spoon theory because I do think it is really relative to to everybody of you know you, we only have so much energy mm -hmm. and we oftentimes forget to give that energy to ourselves too and to positive things in our life for that matter too you know? right right like you know I'm fixated on this situation because I'm hurt but I I need to remember that okay 
there's a dozen other people that would love to hear from me. And so, you know, I should kind of redirect my efforts and I think then it'll kind of dissipate and the hard will get less hard, like we were saying. Um, But also something that I learned while I was single for a very long time was match their energy. And I kind of talked about this earlier, but match their energy. If they're given, if they're not giving you much, then don't give them much. And it's not, you're not being a, a bad person because you're not giving as much to a person as, as you used to, mm-hmm. you're, you're setting expectations for them and you're, you're respecting your own boundaries. So, you know, and I think that that ties into, into grief in general. Um, it does. Totally. Uh, no matter what kind of grief you're, you're going through, um, it, it is okay to be upset with the people that, that, that you're upset with, but also to, to put up boundaries when, when maybe somebody's being too invasive as well. I think boundaries are super important. I think boundaries are, they're, they seem, they seem cruel at first sometimes, but I mean, a lot of it's self-preservation. I mean, and you gotta be able to say, okay, like this is, this is where I draw the line. Like this is where, even so I, I work in an office and I have people that I, I have friends, I don't have any beef with any coworkers, but I have coworkers who I'm learning how to say like, no, like I can't help you with this right now. Or this thing you need from me, I can't give to you right now because I want to help everyone. But then I start to suffer and then I implode a little bit and I become the grump or the, the, the one who just is a sassy, Mr. Sassy Pants. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, guys, like, yeah. I'm, so I'm trying to, you know, it's working on creating those, those boundaries of in your life, even like myself, like with, with my family, um, uh, my son, the other day, he was being a butthead um, <laughs> and at the dinner table. And I was, my, I was starting to get like, I could feel my body wrecked. I'm like, okay, Julie, my wife, I'm going to go downstairs for a little bit. I just need to remove myself from the situation. She goes, that's great. Thank you. You know, we're, we'll, we'll calm down. And then she said, we're good now. I said, okay, I'll come back up and we're fine. I love um, that. I love that. Um, I don't know if this was something you dealt with when Harrison was a baby, but something I've always noticed and in all the time and children I've, I've um, watched over the years is just changing your scenery, right? So just walking outside for two seconds with the baby, if they're crying, um, just the air on their face is like, you know, can shock them out of whatever they were (laughs) experiencing. And I think it's true for adults too. Um, it's changing the environment. Yeah. It's, it's taking, you know, whatever it is and trying to switch the gears. Like that's, it's a, it's a lot of misdirection. You know, it's a lot of like, Hey, look over there, you know, sort of thing with my son. (laughs) Um, like, you know, sometimes like he'll be in a hysterical cry, you know, like the other day he like grabbed my arm and was like trying to pull it. And then I started swinging him back and forth and he was like, yeah, this is fun. You know, it's like (laughs) a simple deviation like that. It really does help. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's not that you're forgetting about what's going on or, <clears throat> you know, putting anything aside. You're just making sure that you are able to not blow up. Yeah. It's, essentially. It's, 
it's learning to to take your feelings your emotions your hang-ups whatever it is and it's learning to um to process them in a way that's i mean for lack of a better word considerate for yourself but also considerate for others um yeah i think that it's really it's it's and it's hard it's not an easy thing like i mean to be honest i still don't think i have all that stuff going on i still think i'm i'm a big mess i think we all feel like a big mess most days um but it's it's an active thing and again my life as a parent um you know it's about making an effort it's about trying like there are days where i'm gonna mess up uh, my life i'm gonna blow up at a coworker. i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be short with you someday maybe i don't know we'll see um where i'm gonna be mean to my son you know or whatever but it's if you're making an effort if you if you're trying to yes to to keep everything like in a in a in a, a way that's contained um you know it's okay if something so if it's okay if a horse gets out of the pen every so often just go back and bring it in you know yeah why am i using so many analogies today i have no idea why i don't know it's, i've i love them though maybe it's <clears throat> all of the poetry you've been reading <laughs> there you go <laughs> but yeah and so i Grief guess is a pony <laughs> I, I i was gonna come up with some sort of like clever you know finish to that <laughs> sentence but i <laughs> sometimes you just ride it around in a circle at a kid's birthday party <laughs> And sometimes you got to put the pony down. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you got to ride it, my pony. Yes. You know that song? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Wow, we just went out. Oh, I just got us completely off the rails, but I think we all need a little laugh. Oh, totally. I, I mean, I don't think we're too serious on this podcast ever, but I feel like we always use more humor because grief is like, I always, I always laugh at the like, trying to tell people about the podcast i'm like hey this is a podcast about grief they're like oh i'm like no it's not sad like it's <laughs> like we talk about sad stuff definitely but it's not sad right exactly exactly um but i really like what what we've kind of covered today because it, it really ties into the grief process in any loss that we experience mm -hmm. boundaries and finding things and taking care of yourself because you can't you can't get out of it if you don't remember that you are important too it's all about growth it's all about evolution um yeah because grief is an opportunity to grow there's there's our quote for the episode right there grief <laughs> it's, it's an opportunity to grow mm -hmm. it really is you know and um me i hate growing but i'm still doing it like I, I'm, I'm the kind you? of well. I I like I like familiarity. I like routine. So if I like, I mean, it, for me to stretch myself to agree to something new or try something in a way that puts expectation on me to do something like in a different way, then I clam up and I get really freaked out. But if I don't push myself, I'll never know. You know, if if I said I want to do a grief podcast, but I never anything with it you know it, it, we wouldn't have this cool thing we have now it's true so thanks for thanks for pushing yourself pushing your boundaries i mean i always say 
there isn't a single risk that I've taken that I've regretted. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very low risk person. Um, I've been to Vegas numerous times. I've never gambled, not even a single slot machine. I just, I don't like risk or at least certainly not financially. Um, we should but, go to Vegas together. I've never been. My God. Oh, Corey, let's go. I'm down. I hate There's flying. so much culture and we'll get you there. Don't worry. I want to go for the, <laughs> I want to go for the food. So that's like what I'm like. Well, see, then you know what? You got to get on the plane. Oh God. No. <laughs> We'll we'll just go in the summertime and I'll drive. It'll be great. I'll come pick uh, you up. We'll make a road trip. I'll slow. I'll slowly uh, get you uh, to consider a flight. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm actively trying to figure out a way. Like everyone who doesn't know, I hate flying. Like I get such bad anxiety. Like I will, I will, I will drive. Like if I ever go visit Jamie in Florida, I'm gonna drive the entire ride of. I'm going to drive 18 hours to go hang out with Jamie. I'm not going to fly a plane for three, for an hour to, to go. Cause this, the stress is so bad. It's like, it's that crippling. So, <clears throat> but anyways, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll ease it. You know, you'll start by doing your uh, dates with Harrison where you go and watch the airplanes. You've been doing and- those. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, start by maybe I get anxious watching that. I'm like, I can see the plane. Stop like, it, really? I'm like, because like, I can feel it. Like, I just don't like anything I can't control in a plane. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I've, I've watched Lost too many times. I'm like, I see the plane breaking off midair, you know. And it's a it's a risk, but it's a it's a worthy risk. I think of the ir- ironic song, you know, like yes, I was afraid to fly, you know. I'm like, that's gonna that's, be funny. It's not gonna happen. I won't let it. I will not. I will not allow it. Good to know you're going to stop the plane from crashing. If yeah. I got you. That's how we do things on emotional duct tape. I will yes. bring the duct tape and I will, I will piece you together at the airport and I will, I will, I will keep you calm. I'll bring my weighted blanket and <laughs> You, you can a, wrap yourself in it on the plane. You have a whole idea of things. This is great. I love it. <laughs> my, my, my imagination. <laughs> All right. It's an folks. interesting place. <laughs> well, I think this, this concludes today's episode. Um, thank you for being here. I know we don't have a guest today, but it's fun just to hang out with us. You know, Jamie and I just get to talk and shoot the breeze like we do sometimes. And we hope you enjoyed it. And I do want to say too, if you, if you have a story you want to tell on the podcast, if you have um, some feedback you want to give us, feel free to email us. You can always click email on Instagram. You can always email us um, emotional duct tape at gmail.com. Just send us what you're thinking. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on with you. You know, we, um, we have some ideas in the works. We might even create a network way for you guys to all join together and we can be a support system for each other because we love you guys. We want you to be okay. That's why we're here. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Corey. I was actually going to mention that because I, you know, as we're talking about this stuff, I know we've got listeners who have done, you know, very good work on themselves and have had some, you know, good therapists and and other resources, and especially with this, with, with boundaries and things like that. So please definitely reach out to us if you have any insights you want to share um quotes poetry uh comforting poetry might be something we 
maybe continue doing uh, and sharing because <clears throat> there's a lot of healing in words. So, um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.